0: Celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Mark Brunel with a masterful run of 29 yards. And the clock continues to run. Jaguars digital. Jaguars Jaguars digital. Jaguars drive time. Brian Sextek, John O'Shaughnessy, Ashlyn Sutherland. Jaguars drive time starts right now.
1: Welcome in Jags Drive Time, Monday morning presented by Jet Home Loans, getting ready for week three of the preseason as the Jaguars head down to Miami on Wednesday to face the Dolphins. We're excited because it's our first chance to see the starters in game time action, as the fans should be excited as well. It's a big week. That's not why I'm excited.
0: You're not why I'm excited. I'm excited because it's one more preseason game closer to the start of the regular season.
1: That's the spirit. Yep.
0: Gotta love the preseason. Let's go.
2: Yeah, we're excited (laughs) probably... If 10's excitement, <laughs> we're at about a 4 or 5. But it, it will be interesting. It's I'm something pumped. that uh, we've been waiting to see. I don't think you need perspective on it. I don't know how long they'll play. If they play a quarter and a half, they're going to get two or three series. And I think it's important. We won't, but it's important to keep perspective on what we're going to see. But <laughs> it's still starters compared to what we've been seeing.
1: Right. And you can't help but think – We've gotten so many questions of what Foles will be like in game time action. At least you're finally going to get a little glimpse of that mm -hmm. this week.
0: No, you won't get a glimpse. Not even that. They're they're not going to do anything, anything that looks like their offense in Miami on Thursday night. They have the advantage. There is no, I mean, maybe hand off to a running back, maybe throw to a tight end. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to have a legitimate look at what this offense is like on Thursday night against the Dolphins. Because even though the starters are playing, they're not really playing.
2: Fair well, enough. and I think that's important to remember. I got some questions. Believe it or not, Brian, I've gotten questions over the last week. Um, is, is Doug Marone concerned about hiring John Filippo? Because <laughs> <laughs> they've only scored 10 points. Which, which, oh, no. If, if you're not paying attention. We can't start this already. Well, it, if you're not paying attention, if you, and if you don't quite get it, I, I kind of get it. The offenses look bad. Um, but even beyond the fact that the starters aren't playing, what's important to remember, even if the starters were playing, is this week there'll be a smidge of a game plan. And when I say smidge, I mean they might do two or three things that they weren't doing before. In the first two preseason games, there's no game planning, meaning they don't put any stock on what the opponent might be doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have no idea how the offense will be during the regular season. but. Nothing about what they're doing now should reflect on how they're going to scheme for the season. Flip
0: is talking in about two and a half hours. I, I can't wait to go ask him if he's concerned about having taken this job mm-hmm. because of the way. Because if it's true that the coach should be concerned, then the reverse is true the other coach should be concerned because right. he hasn't had the talent on there. Well, we don't have an offensive line because I haven't had any of these guys right.
2: yet. I mean, it's just it's But even if he had all those things, they're not even scheming. They're, look, and it's all, especially the run game in this league, it, A lot of what you do is how you scheme. So the first two preseason games, even if they had played starters, wouldn't be a concern.
0: Whatever they do with game plan is simply going to be plan, meaning we're going to run it right, we're going to run it left, Mm -hmm. we're going to run it up the middle. They're not putting their plays in. I mean, just basic schemes. It's their – and it's funny because we had this conversation with Marone last week. And he said that we were talking about, do you play starters or, do you know, big picture view of the preseason? He goes, even when the starters are in, they're not really playing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, go back and look and see the situations. It's not the same as it once was, which goes back to my assertion. And now we're seeing it all over the place from last week. And that is preseason isn't the preseason anymore. And it won't be for very long.
1: Yep. All right, let's get right into big things. Big thing one is don't panic. Cam Robinson, Jawan Taylor, and Andrew Norwell all back practicing, which means that offensive line is healthy. And when that offensive line is healthy, you really shouldn't worry. Jawan Taylor told us his thoughts and what he's learned so far on that offensive line.
0: It's been great. You know, my first NFL camp, it uh, was a dream come true to actually be on his team and be drafted by the Jazz and come here and work hard every day and go against the best defense in the NFL. So they've been getting me better, and I've been enjoying it.
1: Now, big thing, too, is cause for concern. Two guys you maybe should panic a little bit about not seeing right now is the tight ends. Josh Oliver and Jeff Swain both still not practicing. A little bit of a positive that Jeff Swain is no longer in a boot walking around at practice. But Nick Foles tells us the importance of that position yesterday. When Jeff and Josh are out there, you know, they're, they were doing a really nice job when they are healthy. Um, you
0: know, James um, and Ben and the guys have, you know, been stepping up um, and doing a great job of, you know, you know we got some young guys who just got here so they've been doing a nice job stepping in and running the routes and getting the blocking schemes down but you know obviously um, you know
1: we need to get our tight ends healthy. And finally big thing three is the clock is ticking. The window for opportunity for guys on the cusp of making this team is getting smaller and smaller every day especially now that you're gonna see some starters in this game it's really up to the fourth preseason game and we heard Doug Marrone talking about the importance of reps in practice If you're not getting those reps right now in practice this week, your window is getting smaller and smaller.
2: Yeah, if you're not – if you've played the first couple of games, then you're playing to make the team. I mean, there's very few guys who have played, uh, Taven Bryan, Josh Downs, some of the younger guys maybe. But if you're playing the last two weeks, you're playing to make the team, you probably won't play a whole lot this week, and then preseason week four becomes critically important for – seven, eight guys.
0: Yeah, you know, you've either played yourself in a position to make this team or you haven't. I mean, I think it's that clear. Mm -hmm. I I think we could cut the roster right now and get within three, four guys, right? Yeah, five. or Yeah, sure. uh, All right, just say five, Mm -hmm. right? In that sense. So I remember in 2001, Stacey Mack was an undrafted rookie running back, and he had a beautiful reverse field jump over a defender, 67-yard touchdown to... Earn the last running back spot in the final preseason game in Dallas. 25 years, it's the only time I've ever seen that, right? Where a guy makes a play and goes from not being on that level of could make the team Mm -hmm. to make the team. So you could see a little bit of that. My my interest level for this right now is how much time the starters actually have to Mm -hmm. get ready for the regular season. Because you look at a guy like Cam Robinson, um, and let's just, for argument's sake, say, He's going to play on opening day. Mm -hmm. How many padded practices does he have left to get ready for opening day? Because remember, they may practice once in full pads the week of the game. So what does he have? Does he have today? That's all they can do the week of the game. Yeah, right. right. One, right. So maybe one today, right? right? And then maybe one next week. I mean, maybe two. Let's let's exaggerate. So maybe three or two. So maybe he has four fully padded practices if he's going to play opening day. And I don't know whether... I don't know if he's going to play on Thursday night in Miami or not. So the reason that the time becomes precious for those, you know, the Picasso Nelsons of the Mm -hmm. world, right, is because the Cam Robinsons of the world need this time on the practice field to get ready to go for opening day. Mm -hmm. It really is. So, yes, young guys trying to make the team. That's always been the storyline for this time of the year. But now it's. The guys coming back from injury, do they right. have enough time to get ready? If Jeff Swaim all of a sudden was ready to go today on the practice field, does he have enough time? You know, do we know where he's at? Mm-hmm. Um, that's really the time issue, the way I see it.
2: Yeah, and Doug said yesterday he was asked about the possibility of playing and Quincy Williams and uh, Josh Oliver if they were to be ready for physically for Week One, mm-hmm. um, even though they haven't practiced. And it was interesting, Doug's. You could tell didn't love the idea, but he's also an NFL head coach, and he knows, I mean, I love the idea, but if, if if my best, most talented players are ready, we've got to give them a shot to see if they can do it, even if they're not practice ready. Because there's just not, as you alluded to, with only one padded practice a week, You know, it, if Cam has only practiced uh, three times by week one, well – He's only going to practice four times by week two because you only have one padded practice anyway. So this is a league where, unfortunately, you don't have the number of padded practice to get these guys ready. You've got to throw them in and let them get ready during the game. So Kevin Hardy
0: came to the broadcast booth on Thursday night, and we were talking about the preseason. And he, was, he just started on his own about how crazy— It was that they hadn't seen the starters to this point Mm -hmm. because he said he needed the time. The linebackers needed the time Mm -hmm. to loosen up their shoulders, to get their bodies physically accustomed to contact. There are positions. I don't think
2: that's changed. I think they all still need it. It's why you see tackling league-wide first month of the season is not what it should be because even since when Kevin played and what it was last year is a huge difference, obviously, right? Yes. So. It's all changed. But back to your Kevin point, because I interrupted. Well, yeah, you and, I, and, I, and I lost that. it. I'm sorry. I just had to see. I, I could tell in your eyes you had lost it. I was going. No, no,
0: I was going there, and it, it just it escaped me. But I guess the point is, is that <laughs> you had guys that like Cam on the offensive mm-hmm. line, but Juwan Taylor, who has not yet played in a professional football game. Right. You know, they have got to get their bodies adjusted to contract. Receivers, defensive backs, not so much. Right. Mm-hmm. But those guys up front, they've got to have the time to make the contact. And they, they're not going to get it in preseason games, so they've got to get it on the practice field. Time is running thin for these guys. It will be interesting to see how Doug manages that.
2: Kevin's turned into old man get-off-my-lawn guy, hadn't he? Yeah, a little bit. There's <laughs> was a little bit of that. That's okay. I like that. I can remember when he was a kid. It's oh, always good to see the kids turn he, into old men. When he lawn. was a kid, he was a kid. Circle of light. He was a kid. He
0: savored it. The man with a million-dollar smile. For sure. One more thought real quick. Uh-huh. Um, because we talk so much about you know Cam Robinson getting back, and Andrew Norwell's back on the, on the field, and Juwan Taylor is back on the field. And for all the consternation about the offensive line over recent weeks, you have a chance to have the five guys. A mm-hmm. chance, at least. To have the five guys that you intend to start the season with, they're on opening day on September 8th. I have I a question know. for
2: Brian. I have a question. For me? me? Yeah, I have a question for you. <laughs> is the group is the group any good when they're all healthy and together? Yeah. yeah. Well, I,
0: now I'm assuming that Juwan Taylor is as right. good as advertised, but I think I've been clear. I think if you're looking at talent, I think he's your best offensive right. lineman. Because I
2: think that's the position with the most... Question marks and the most unknown. I don't know if we know how good it is, even right. when it's playing.
0: Oh no, if they and it needs to be as good as advertised. I guess is my point. I think every general manager and head coach in the NFL would tell you during training camp, I'm worried about my offensive line. Yep. Right. They're worried yeah. about depth, right? There's always a guy that's kind of banged up. I think if you have that group together, mm-hmm. I think they have the potential to be a very good unit. Maybe not top five in the league. But I certainly think that they can be a top 10 unit right. based on talent in the National Football League.
2: Because it's fascinating to me because you've got, as we've discussed, you've got Norwell and Lender. Oh, yeah. Who have been paid but have not been dominant as that duo that you feel great about. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got Cam Robinson who has potentially very good but hasn't. That left side could be fantastic. We just haven't seen it be fantastic and that If it's as good as we think they can be, I think this team is really good. If it's not, I think it's in trouble.
0: And I think the right side. And I'm assuming that Will Richardson Jr. is going to take that spot. Because I keep hearing he is. Right. Two powerful, I mean, two right tackles. It looks like it could be really good. It looks like it could be really, really good. Again, we've got to see it. Right. we, We won't until opening day. But this group especially with Taylor and Norwell back in the mix. And it looks like Cam is going to be there, or at least close to it on opening day. He's not going to be an October guy. He may be mid-September, but you're going to have this group together. And I think they have the potential to be a good unit.
1: The key is just keeping them all on the field. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. All right, when we come back, some Bernie Woodfire Grill hot takes on the Jaguars Digital Network.
3: Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle.
0: Hi, folks. Frank Franja here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. Fifteen locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: Jaguars fans, football season is heating up and there's no better place to cool off on game day than the Exalta Spa Cabanas. Host up to 50 people for a -a one-of-a-kind waterfront experience. Enjoy the game from the Exalta Spa or the relaxing lounge and indulge in all-inclusive food and beverage. Call Jaguars Ticket Representative today at 904-633-2000 to get your Exalta Spa. How'd I
0: do? Uh, well. Could have been better. Oh, I, I was just is not my
1: uh, well, And I my hate body. to say that as a well, journalist, you,
0: but it's you practice. can't be great at everything. Like, Well, you yeah, know, yeah, I think you can be better at that. I think you can practice it. <laughs> I think you're getting there, right? Say Titans for us.
1: Titans.
0: Okay. You know what that tells you? Go slow. Yeah. You got it. it. I want to say, I, I just looked at the, the slide that was up of the pools. I thought, I wouldn't mind being in that pool on a hot game day. That might be fun.
2: I thought I would look darn good in a pool on game day. You know, I thought we ought to do a feature. No, we should yeah, yeah, we got to do a shit. feature.
1: Under the helmet, Brian Sexton and John Osier, game day in the pools.
0: Wearing board shorts. Let's be clear about that.
1: <laughs> Maybe not. That's a bad idea, I think. All right, let's get into some Bernie Woodfire grill hot takes getting into week three of the preseason. Brian, you have a hot take on the starters.
0: I have to read the screen because I forgot what it was. Okay. Um, and I, I kind of hit this off the top. Look. You'll see the starters on Thursday, yay, right? But you're not going to see anything. These guys are going to be on the field, but the coaching staff is still going to be extraordinarily cautious on two fronts. One, they're not going to show anything. I just Mm -hmm. got done reading uh, Peter King's uh, Football Morning in America this morning, and they were were talking about Kyler Murray and how people don't know yet on Kyler Murray because the offense is so vanilla. Exactly. Right. That's exactly what the coaching staff out there wants to do they want no one to know anything well they've got the advantage here even though you may know some of the personnel right you know foals you know fournette you've never seen it all together mm-hmm. they're not going to show you anything at all nothing that kansas city can run through their analytics team and come up with tendencies they want them guessing it's an advantage right the other thing is and doug really made this point the other day when we were talking and that is you have your starters out there you're not putting them in danger You're not putting them in a situation where you're asking them to get crazy. You simply want them out there to get the contact, to go through some of the motions, to shake off a little of the rust, and then you want to trot them to the sidelines and go, okay, we all ready? Let's go to the regular season.
2: I think as much as anything, people will see that and hear what you're saying, and the first instinct, if you haven't followed the league for a long time, is, well, then why are they playing them at all? And the reason they play them at all is not for – is not to satisfy the fans' hunger to see them. That's not why they're out there. They're out there because, especially this year, they want a dress rehearsal, meaning it starts on Sunday, mm-hmm. which is really their Wednesday for a regular season. They want these guys to go through the whole motion and then they want them to play afterward so that they can see what it's like to put in the game plan, to see what it's like with each other. It's all for the experience so that, When week one rolls around, it's familiar. And I think it's important to say because I think people do say, well, if if we're not seeing anything, then why risk them at all? It's for them and their routine. It's not for let's show the fans how good or bad we are. And uh, this to me goes
0: back to the whole viability of the preseason because I think people have tuned out of the preseason Mm -hmm. knowing they're not going to see players risked, not going to see the starters out there. I just, over the weekend, talking to people at a barbecue, at Publix, well, call me when the regular season starts because, right. you know, why do I want to watch that? I don't want to watch – if I wanted to watch practice, I'd go down and watch practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. Call me when the regular season starts.
2: It's fair. I mean, and it's fair. And it, everybody's sort of in a spot where it's really not anybody's fault that they've created this. No, but the it's, salary cap era has changed the game. Right. And the coaches are doing exactly what they should do, trying to prepare – I actually got a letter in the Ozone the other day. Um, They owe us – this is the tone. Mm -hmm. They owe us to give us something to have hope about for the regular season, so they need to game plan a little bit and show us what they really are. Uh,
1: They owe the fans?
2: Yeah, and I get that emotion from the fans, but the coaches who are trying to get this team ready would be negligent if they did anything that they felt was not getting them ready – For the regular season week one. So just get through this two and a half weeks of unknown and see what it is week one.
0: If they owe them the marketing and ticketing, the people on the business side of the hallway would be over knocking on their door saying, please,
2: please. Start fools this week. Give yeah. us
0: something because we owe these people. <laughs> I'd, this. Love this
2: they, they, I'd love to see TC. Why? I'd love to see TC open do that door. They're not going to
0: because it's absurd. <laughs> right. what, they, what come on they, in? What what they you don't owe like, you? Right. right. What what? Well, they, they don't think they owe you anything. They they owe you know their jobs and they owe themselves and the team to go out right. and play to the best of their ability. So let's get the word "owe" oh out of there. Forget <laughs> it. But what they're doing. What they believe their responsibility is is to win starting on September the 8th. That's the only thing. They and do. they, they don't care about it at all. Hence, again, where we are and why the preseason is changing.
1: Mm-hmm. Fair enough. All right, my Bernie Woodfire Grill hot takes. Is 27 might has somewhat figured it out. And I say that because over the summer I went up to New Orleans with the JAG Cinema team and we did a story on Leonard. And I was told by so many people he looks in such great shape. He's really matured. He's taking his career really seriously, and I thought, that's that's great. I mean, family members telling me that, high school football coach telling me that. But I didn't really believe it until I came here and he started coming to training camp. And, for example, he did a community event on Friday where he took the best athletes around Duval County, two best athletes from each school, brought him to golf, and showed up early and was there the entire time and stayed late and gave a speech. He didn't do that last year. He would show up to community, community events, but it was never on a timely fashion. And I think... We're seeing that forward motion coming, and I was excited to see if it translated to Jacksonville from New Orleans, and it seems like it somewhat has.
0: See now that to me is a moderately warm take. Mm -hmm. A hot take on your part would be he has it figured out. Are you ready to say that?
1: Give me a few minutes. Come on, get out there.
0: You've spent more you've spent more time around Leonard Burnett off the field than anyone else in this building outside of the football staff. Come on. What do you think? Yeah. Tell the people
2: what you think.
1: I think he has gotten it figured out. Okay. But I
2: think her hesitancy is fair.
1: It is, because I can't help but go because back to last year. Because there's still
2: an element with Leonard where you've got to see it over the long term. Everything we're seeing is fantastic, and I agree with her. Um, I think anybody watching this is going to say, let's see it for the entire regular season. And the biggest thing is, let's see it when adversity hits. But I think for right now, the approach he's taking, I think her point is exactly right, the approach he's taking Makes you feel very, very encouraged. Yeah, but pragmatism
0: it. is boring. Encourage and, is a good word, yes. And people have heard us talk about that. I don't want boring. I want to know what you really think.
1: I think, and i joked about that.
0: You, you're not on the hook. You're not responsible if he doesn't come through.
1: I hope not. No. Don't call me.
0: No. Don't call me so that's Eddie why Jack. I'm saying you've been around him so much. You've done the story. People should look for the story. Has they he should. figured it out?
1: He definitely has figured it out. But John brings up a good point. Adversity oh, hasn't hooked yet. Right. Hey, we got to say it.
0: Safety Net, go ahead, right. what's yours?
2: Um, I'm just teasing you. And this might be the best rookie class this team has had. Now
0: that's a hot take cuz 2016 <laughs> was a big rookie
2: class. And that's the discussion point here. Is 2016 is probably the best draft class this team's ever had. The point in saying this rookie class might be the most impactful in two decades, they weren't any good in 16. So, the rookie class had impact and you could tell it was gonna be good, but what did it impact? It, it impacted a team that went, was it two and 14, three right. and 13. So by impactful, I think this team's gonna be good. And I think Josh Allen and uh, Jawan Taylor together might have the biggest impact of two top draft picks since Donovan and Fred in 98. And it was really uh, Fred who had the enormous impact Um, If Josh Allen is an impact sack guy, then all of a sudden the defense has a chance to go from very, very good to unbelievably good in the pass rush. Jawan Taylor could impact the offensive line the way we're talking about. If he's really their best offensive lineman, which I don't disagree with you, and the offensive line is good, then those are two keys. You add on to that. There's been nothing inside the building that makes you think that Quincy Williams isn't good. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Raquel Armstead has a chance to make an impact as as a rookie running back. But it's really the first two guys. They have a chance to be as impactful and to have a positive impact because of what I think the team's record will be than anybody since 98.
0: You win. (laughs) Hottest take of the day. There you go, John. John. I do want to say this about Quincy Williams because I think it's gone under the radar for the last couple of weeks since he's been on the sideline. The kid from Murray State, Mm -hmm. that Daniel Jeremiah knew nothing about on the NFL broadcast, and Daniel Jeremiah is an excellent scout, right? But he knew nothing about this kid. And yet he came in and Quincy Williams settled into the starting role in Telvin Smith, all pro linebacker Telvin Smith spot. And we never talked about, gosh what this defense is going to look like without Telvin. You, you can also tell a little bit there's a story there. Yeah. But we're well, leaving it alone cuz he's a rookie and he's injured, but the story there is he a game when, and he's only practiced a few times uh, too. With, so True. He, so he's got to do it, but you but can see the confidence in the building is strong right. on him. You oh, can
2: yeah. sort of tell it too. If you remember last year when uh, Ronnie Harrison w- was around the vets, there was a a, a quick acceptance of Ronnie because <laughs> they knew he was good. Um I haven't been around them around Quincy quite as much as I saw with Ryan Harrison last year, but you get that same feeling from mm-hmm. Quincy Williams that the players know that this kid can play. They've seen him run. They've seen him out react in the practice field. He's a part of it. Um, he's got to do it, but you get the idea early on that he's a hit. There was a
0: level of, oh, crap, when he got hurt. And I don't think any of us mm-hmm. thought that that would be a problem when they drafted him. Yeah, right. He's not ready to go for the start of the regular no, season. said who? Hey, he's a third-round pick from Murray State. What are we talking about here? But the reality of it is, is that
2: he showed us enough. His athleticism, his instincts. Um, People are excited to see him because of oh, yeah, Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it was as much that of, oh, well, boy, I wish we had a chance to see this kid in first Darius Leonard, games. the
0: linebacker from South Carolina State that, that was a Pro Bowl-caliber linebacker. I don't think he made... Pro Bowl last year. Should have, though. Right. Should have for Old Indianapolis. Scott. They were talking about him throughout the offseason. Right. And, and we're like, come on, South Carolina State, come on. Same situation this year with Quincy. Mm-hmm.
1: My favorite thing about Quincy is back when he signed his contract and I told him, I said, you know, Daniel Jeremiah didn't know your name. He goes, who? Yeah. It's like, you know, Daniel Jeremiah. He's like, oh, yeah, well, he's going to know my name now.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the best answer. Well, I he'll love know f- me now. The fact that
0: he's a swimmer. <laughs> Swimmers.
1: All right, when we come back, some Ozone Snapshot on Jaguars Drive Time.
3: Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders Homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders Homes. Homes built to fit your lifestyle.
0: You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm
1: Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities,
0: which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group. Proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch. An online or phone chat for those quick questions. And a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Seminole fans, don't miss the kickoff of the 2019 college football season at TIA Bank Field. Premier seating is now available for FSU's season opener and Boise State on Saturday, August 31st. Enjoy the game from the air-conditioned fields, Auto Group Terrace Suite, or host your VIP in a private luxury executive suite. You can even watch the game in style at the spas. Call 904-633-2000 to get your tickets today.
0: Quick thought, you weren't here when Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator back in 2007, but he, he was the guy who started that thing with Boise State, right? I mean, he's the guy who got the program up right. on its feet And before he left for Arizona State. He always said he probably never should have left Boise State. thought it was just an outstanding, you know, smaller D1 program that you could have success. I mean, look, they're coming here to play Florida State in mm-hmm. Jacksonville, so the map that they're on. But who would have thought that a team that plays on the Smurf turf, right, the blue turf?
2: Martyr. Right.
0: I just, I, I just, I, I'm amazed at Boise State and the way that they have built that program. Yeah. I'm not going to the game,
2: but I might pay attention to it.
1: I have Max yelling in my ear, Go Noles. So that's what I have to deal with right now.
2: No, oh, well. Your Gates play this week, right? Yeah. Are you all Saturday. fired up? Huh? Oh, <laughs> oh, it's right. going to be a
0: good week. Does she look like she's going to be there? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Maybe.
2: Okay. All right. All right.
0: <laughs> Come on with the maybe stuff. <laughs> be decisive, Shlynn. Oh, no, I'm going. Oh, ho, ho. ho the. Oh, <laughs> are, are you posting? You look like my golden retriever sitting on the driveway.
1: I'm not ready to start this week like this. <laughs> All right, let's go to Scott. Hi, Senior O. Got any thoughts yet on who the Jaguars will keep on the offensive line? Um, Senior O. Yikes.
2: Senior O. Um... Well, the starters, obviously. I mean, you're going to have Cam. You're going to have Norwell. You're going to have Linder. You're going to have uh, A.J. Can, Will Richardson, and Jawan Taylor. So that's six. Right. Uh, I anticipate them keeping a He. Yep. Uh, I anticipate them keeping Tyler Shatley on the Correct. inside, which would be eight. Yes. It gets you to eight, and it also gets you two backup centers, which is always the key to the equation. And, you know, after that, it becomes – do you keep josh wells or brandon thomas some combination of that or both and i think nine or ten those would be the numbers what you don't know about the numbers and why these questions are always hard to answer what happens at other positions i think the offensive line coach would love to keep ten maybe it's nine yeah
0: but if your tight ends are all banged up right you need and to keep an extra one of those that's and what
2: happens and i think a guy like wells probably gets signed by somebody yep if, I think Wells is here. If he's on the street, so maybe Brandon Thomas, you could sneak through. Yep. The problem is, anytime there's a lineman who has shown anything on the field during preseason, you're in danger of them getting you know scooped up. Linebackers, other positions, tight ends, you can often sneak through. Linemen are such a premium that they, they might lose one of these guys if, if they're released. I don't remember. Have they changed the practice squad rules again? I, Brandon Thomas,
0: I say that. I think he's eligible. Total sarcasm because they they keep changing the rules. You know, football people want to be able to keep these guys mm-hmm. around a little bit. And, and uh, Thomas is a former third round pick who's been on some practice squads. So if he's got any eligibility at all, that's a no brainer. Because Wells will get signed by someone, right? Um, I, it, I just that swing tackle, the ability to play both sides tackle, is more valuable to me than a guy who only
2: plays. Right. Golf. They already sort of have that in Abwehi, so yeah. Mm-hmm. You have one swing tackle. Yeah, but two is better than one. And it's interesting. The argument for the practice squad that you're talking about and the ability to keep more guys around, which has increased very subtly over the last, what, maybe 10 years. Oh, yeah. um, The argument for that from the teams would be we need to be able to keep linemen like that who are young because the continuity of the line and the line play is so bad in the NFL that y- you need a space to develop guys like that. So this is really playing out here. Shatley and Wells have been here for
0: five years. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, you're talking about two undrafted, and and Wells was a guy who played quarterback in college, and then late in his career shifted to offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. So those two guys, and those two have been valuable backups. Mm-hmm. In 2017, you needed Shatley as Brandon Linder was down for almost a month, right? And he played so well in that big game in Pittsburgh. Um, I think the tackle is more valuable. A guy that can play two mm-hmm. positions as opposed to Thomas. He played left guard, right guard, you know, whatever. But you have two backup tackles and two backup centers and two backup guards in Shatley and Wells or Shatley. Sorry, Shatley and Kanu can do mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Wells is here, but... We'll see.
1: We'll see. All right, let's go to Big On Blake from Philly. With the amount of money allocated to the player and the connections new quarterback Nick Foles already has with the younger receivers, why keep Marquise Lee on the roster?
2: Okay, I can cut you off there. Yeah, Because please, uh, the rest of it is, you know, talking about Marquise and talking about a lot of the same stuff people always talk about. Is he overpaid? Is he this? Is he this? And then it makes the point that uh, they were fine last year without, without Marquise. Yeah. They went 5-11. They were not fine without Right, and they went from number six in the NFL in total offense to being completely ineffective in the passing game. Now, having Marquise wouldn't have changed all that, but losing Marquise, don't forget, he's a very good third-down receiver when you need six yards picking up seven. What I always heard last year about Marquise, the thing they missed about him was his leadership and his football instinct He's the guy on the sidelines that when things start to go bad, doesn't accept that they're going bad. And you guys have spent more time on the sidelines than I have. Uh, Shlin, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you saw it in 17. Mm-hmm. Him getting in receivers' faces, teammates' oh, yeah. faces, doing the right thing. He is a leader out there. He's also an exceptionally good downfield run blocker. He's incredibly tough. Uh, I get that with his numbers because his, his career high is 700 yards-ish receiving. That people overlook what he's done. They absolutely missed Marquise Lee on the field last year, and beyond that, his, his cap number dictates that you don't release him this year anyway. Right. Even if it didn't, they would want him around because he's the spirit of that room. Mm-hmm. He's a better player than people think he is,
0: and I think you just extolled all of those virtues. The thing about him that people forget is how mentally tough he is. He right. was a oh, rookie. Yeah. He came in here in 2014, and away from home, right, mm-hmm. and had the hamstring injury, and the media converged. So this was a guy that a lot of people thought was a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. So the expectations were high for him, and now he's having to deal with the hamstring. And I watched as Gus Bradley coached him through the process and how he grew to the ability to stand there and say, no, it, doesn't, it bothers me I'm not playing. It doesn't bother me that you're asking me. Here's what I'm doing. He's a tough kid. Football is a game for tough Men, I appreciate that. I think, my opinion, he is the
2: toughest guy in that locker room. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what he's gone through, he wouldn't be back right now. Yeah, um, this wasn't just an ACL he came back from, and this isn't an answer to the question is it you don't keep him for this reason, but it's remarkable that he's on the field less than a year after the injury. I thought.
0: None of at us thought point, he'd be back in a year. No, I thought at one point that that's the kind of injury that puts him into 2020, at which point his salary cap number is so high right. that right. he's not here. I thought we had probably seen the last of Mark Easley. Mm-hmm. He, he is the toughest guy, Pound, for paying and in that in, long It's a money.
2: legitimate question how he'll be when he gets back. We still don't know that. But considering the fact that he's back already, I wouldn't discount him being... A heavy contributor this year.
0: Tyree Brady, C.J. Board, pick your guy. Yeah, Trey McBride. No, no, no. All three of them combined are not what Marquise Marquise Lee Lee. is. And take all the rest of the rookie receivers. When Marquise Lee is healthy, if he's healthy, take them all and combine Mm -hmm. all their talent, he's better. Mm -hmm. You don't give that up.
1: Agreed. All right, let's wrap it up with Al from Orange Park. How many quarterbacks do you expect the Jags to keep on the active roster this year?
2: Well, I think they keep two. I think they keep uh, Minshew and Foles, not in that order. Foles and Minshew, obviously. And then I think you keep Magoo on the practice squad. Uh, he's shown enough. It, to me, Brian, it's pretty clear that that's the plan. Yes. I'd be shocked if he goes any other way. Um, the rollout was pretty in the, in the other night, mm-hmm. but
0: the throw on the run. It was on the dime. I mean, if it wasn't for that safety that came over and knocked it away and made an even better play, that throw is something we'd still be talking about. Mm-hmm. It was a precise throw. Well, Tanner Lee didn't give you that. No. Right? He's saw so up of Tanner Lee. And this guy, you need a third quarterback on your practice squad. This guy has the practice squad eligibility. Absolutely makes sense. Three of them are in your program. Two of them are on the active roster.
1: Mm-hmm. Surprised that Tanner Lee stayed this long, you think?
0: No. I mean, he was a six-round pick. You wanted to try to develop him. Mm-hmm. He, he was going to last last year anyway. You know, I mean, yeah, that's why you draft a quarterback nearly every year if you can. Right. You never know.
1: never know. Yeah. All right, we'll wrap up the show with some top tweets next on the Jaguars Digital Network.
3: Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle.
0: Hi, folks. Frank Franja here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. Fifteen locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars 25th anniversary collectible cup, only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for $0.99 while supplies last. Gate, serving up more.
1: Moment 25 years in the making. Do you remember where you were for Fred's run, Jalen's pick? Moments like things like moments like these bring us together as fans, as friends, and as the first coast. Join us for the Jaguars 25th season and be a part of the next moment. Season tickets remain for the 2019 season. Visit Jaguars.com slash tickets. I love the music. Yeah. A storyline that we have not touched on yet that overtook last week was this moment. Carson Wentz and Nick Foles together. Pre-game, post-game, in-game, the two talking all the time. It was pretty cool just to see the two of them together. And the amount, the line that post-game, the big line to hug Nick Foles was something I'd never seen before.
0: Gave him like, a Super Bowl. the
1: entire yeah. team lining up.
0: I got the sense talking to some people from Philly that if the game had been played in Philly, the fans would have lined up around the stadium. Oh, yeah. To
2: have the chance to say congratulations mm-hmm. to him. Well, and you can tell it's one thing to lead a team to a Super Bowl, and he did that, and that's true. That's why the Philly fans love him. But you can tell from the players, uh, we really haven't seen, because there's only been a few media availabilities with Nick, and I haven't spent a lot of time with him. But you can tell— That's to his
0: detriment, by the way.
2: Well, Obviously. there's no doubt. Anybody would tell you that time with Ozone is time well spent. But, um, <laughs> Except Mrs. Ozone. It, it's remarkable the teammates' <laughs> love for him. And they want to come across, he's obviously a guy that people want to be around, and they're drawn to him. And uh, that's not the case with every every quarterback who's a good leader, doesn't necessarily have that. People want to be around this guy. Uh, and it's an interesting dynamic that uh, not everybody has. I don't know what it means in terms of on the field, but it sure can't hurt in establishing a team unity, a team identity, a team chemistry. Uh, it's an interesting part to watch. Thanks for sharing a first-person you know, experience of being that guy. I am kind of that
1: guy. Yeah, you're, you're that guy that's here on the hallway. That's for sure.
2: I may not be back tomorrow. I may just go ah, be. Ah, we're not on tomorrow. All right.
1: Thank goodness. <laughs> tweets. This for tweets. <laughs> Top tweets. Top tweets. Top tweets. All right, let's start talk tweets with a play that definitely stood out in last Thursday's preseason game. It was the first drive of the game, and it was Josh Allen just picking up this tackle and throwing him. Max, we have the video. Um, Immediately, we all said, wow, that's what you drafted him for.
0: Um, He is – this is the argument for Josh Allen, and that is is that he is a guy who can give you that. Just – 265 pounds. He can give you the bull rush to go with all of his moves. He's not just a speed rusher. He's not just the outside guy with the spin move to the inside. He is a multi-dimensional player. Now, he did not play like that every snap of that game. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got a a long way to go to become the player that he wants to be, but that is impressive, and that's why he was the seventh pick of the draft.
2: I think what maybe we haven't talked about because – he gets drafted, and then you see him in practice, and they're keeping him. At line, I'm sorry, keeping him a defensive end because they want him to be great at that before they do anything else. Um, he's two sixty five. Doug dropped real early in training camp, the number two seventy one with his weight. Um, he is a phenomenally big human being yep. who I, I see no reason in the world in the future once he gets defensive end down that he can't drop and play linebacker. Mm -hmm. You're talking about a 270-pound linebacker who can run and move like this kid. It it reminds you of when you see Jalen Ramsey among other cornerbacks. Right. And you're blown away by how much bigger he is. And there's no way that Jalen should be able to do the things he does physically, being as big and impressive as he is. He's that version of... Pass-rushing defensive end. Most guys who can rush like him are not 270.
0: Remember that Dom Capers is working with Todd Wash, and Dom was the originator of the zone blitz, which had the big guys up front dropping back into coverage to allow other guys to rush the passer. I don't think you'll see it this year.
2: It's usually gimmicky when guys do it, though. When this kid does it, it's not no, gimmicky. No, no, it's not. It's because he can do it well. So
0: I wouldn't be surprised at all. If he grows into it and shows that he's mastered right. some, that you don't see some games with this kid where they put him in different positions and let mm-hmm. him come. He is a tr- he is a tremendous football player. He's got everything you want, and as you guys know, he's a great young man. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, he is a, a great. Guy. Yep, he's a great representative for this franchise.
1: All right, let's go to Michael D. Rocco. D. Rock who tweeted out, just watched Jaguar special team coach Jody Camillus working on that exact situation when players the other day in practice. You guys saw this play, the special mm-hmm. teams play, play. Keelan Cole out of bounds, one foot out of bounds. I was a little confused at first, and I think yeah. we all were. What was happening? I didn't happening? know that rule. I and did then, not know that rule. But then we all realized they had been practicing that just the other day.
2: Yeah, it, it's the rule, and I'm still not sure the spirit of the rule. I'm sure there's something to be involved with uh, helping the officials to cleanly officiate the rule every time. That's usually what strange rules are is it's to allow the official to be able to make the call without judgment and uh, without uh, subjectivity. But it's when if, – if if player on the receiving team is out of bounds and touches the ball, then it's ruled out of bounds, which favors the receiving team and puts it on the 40. And to Joe's credit, he was doing a drill where he basically had everybody on uh, kickoff return practice – getting out of bounds keeping a foot down and then reaching for the ball and joe would throw it out and the ball would be spinning around and guys would have to reach for it and uh, keelan cole to his credit i pulled it off uh it's not a new rule it was done last year a couple times where and it's for when that kickoff goes to the side and it's sort of just spinning around and everybody's confused uh credit to joe for teaching it uh, I still have to find out from Joe what the spirit of the rule is. I doubt he cares about the spirit no, of the rule as long as he can use as long it to as, as his advantage. Right. right,
0: Uh Joe's seen everything. I mean, right. there are good special teams coaches in the NFL. They are great. He's one of the great ones. He's been he's been at it since the Broncos in the late '80s, where they were on Super Bowl teams. He knows all those rules. I want to hear from him too because I didn't know it. It seemed to me like that was working. Against the kicking team even though it was the receiving team that was out of bounds when right. they touched it I think it's if the ball's sitting on the field like that you think well wait a second you should have to
2: you have to do something with it right the spirit or they of can it, recover it right my instinct is the spirit of it has to do with onside kick somehow yeah. I just haven't researched enough but you would think with the onside kick they want clear rules for possession that aren't for debate but I, I can't quite figure out and That's I guess true. I just walked down the hall and asked yeah, yeah. I, He'll was, tell you.
1: I would say I was confused because the entire sideline was freaking out. Joe D jumping up in the air, Doug Marone clapping, screaming. I was like, what just happened? Right. Keelan Cole just, it was kick. I don't get it. And I think we were all confused in the booth as well as Why 25, is everyone well,
2: jumping 25
0: up years. 25 years, I had never seen that done.
2: <laughs> but it's an unbelievable advantage, if you think about it, because teams do try to kick the ball to the sidelines yeah. to pin. The special team. So, and the ball stopped in bounds. And if it stops around the three-yard line and you just simply fall on it, if you're out of bounds, you gain 35 yards from it. So yeah. it's an unbelievable penalty in, in terms of advantage. You think, you think about that late in the game. All of a sudden, now you're on the 40 of a chance to go get a field goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see if it comes to play in the regular season.
1: All right, and let's wrap up Top Tweets with something we've talked about the entire offseason, new pass interference rule. We saw it last Thursday in the preseason game, defensive pass interference. And like we all thought, it blew up Twitter. Everyone was freaking out about the new rule, but it's here to stay because preseason we're seeing it happen.
2: This is an awful rule, and it was, it, it was awful when they were trying to put it in. It, it was a reaction to one play, one play in the championship game. This is what's going to happen. The league comes out and says, was it? It was clear and obvious. Yep. Well, I guarantee you, if this play happens in week seven, every Jaguars fan is going to think it was clearly not pass interference. Every uh, Eagles fan is going to say clearly what? So you really it haven't improved. solves nothing. Right. It's Here, an awful, awful rule. The
0: concern I have is, is that when the coaches get this challenge, mm-hmm. right, now they say, well, if, we, if it works once. Well, it worked there, so sure. we could fix an obvious problem. Why can't we do that with holding on the offensive mm-hmm. line, mm-hmm. right? Why can't we do why that with, do it with everything? Why, why can't we do that with? I don't think the you passer? have to worry
2: because it's not going to solve anything.
0: Right. However, the coaches made this push mm-hmm. to the competition committee. Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, got this thing through. Mm-hmm. They're not going to go quietly into that night. They are going to want more. They're going to want the ability to choose anything. And you know as well as I do, holding takes place on every single play. That's the human element of the game. You'll never clean it up completely, but you can muddle it up thoroughly. And I think this rule has the potential to be a dramatic problem. See, I think the rule might be out by the end of the regular season. That would be great. I I mean, it's only on a one-year deal. But if it works once... That's all it's going to take for a guy like Sean Payton to Stacey. stand up. See, and I got screwed out of that Super Bowl that I was supposed to right. be in. And now we need more. It worked once, but we, shouldn't we fix one mistake if we can fix one mistake? And how do you argue with that?
2: Well, I think the argument could well be Thursday night primetime game, Sunday night primetime game, Monday night primetime game. If there are two or three incidents like this in a row mm-hmm. in September, where the commentators are saying, "Okay, we got to go through this again," what did it solve? Because most pass interference, 99% of pass interference is like the A.J. Boye play in New England two years ago. where ridiculous. Every, But every Jaguar fan thought that it was a horrible call of pass interference. Mm-hmm. Every Patriots fan thought it was a wonderful call of pass interference. And there was no, it, it,
1: there was no in between.
2: You could be sitting in a bar arguing that and both sides would walk out and believe they were still right. Now, the New Orleans thing last year was the rare case where even, even the Rams fan had to say, yeah, yeah, you know, got lucky. But that's rare. Most pass interference get to a point where you can make an argument on either side. This won't solve anything. It's just going to cause a lot of confusion and frustration. Ugh, just stressful. like my life.
1: Just like your life. You're well-versed. I've
2: mean, lived it. <laughs> you, don't live no, you don't want to live this No, you don't want to be this. <laughs>
1: All right, stay tuned. We'll have offensive coordinator John Filippo and Todd Wash speaking to the media on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media later today. We'll be back on Wednesday on the next Jaguars drive time.